Hello and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast talking entertainment, news, and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, doing as always with my delightful co-host, Matt Matt. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, check us out on TikTok at Just Us Losers Pod, where surely by this time Preston has remembered to get back on the TikTok train. Yeah? Maybe. Who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> 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 i feel bad i hope i don't know if gage is, i feel bad gage is doing all this work to make the tiktoks mm-hmm. and i'm just not releasing them because i'm an idiot yep. and they're all so good yeah yeah it's really the best thing that ever comes out of not us. by virtue of the words that no, are in no, it not even slightly <laughs> it's the assemblage of the the least bad words into yeah. semi-coherent form yep with i do love pictures when, behind them i do love occasionally when he does uh use like a clip that has me dropping an f-bomb because mm-hmm. like i don't know it's like i do it so rarely now because i know to censor it yep uh i think my average is i think i'm i think i'm running the pg-13 rule where it's like yeah. one to two non-sex related yeah so nice good old pg-13 preston <laughs> not that is not my rating in real life. <laughs> nope. Hey, <boy. laughs> uh, Matt, what you been up to? Uh, Literally anything? I 100%ed Hollow Knight. Mm. I actually 104%ed it out of a okay. possible 112. Okay. Because they had some DLCs that were out of the original base game. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not beaten the true final boss, but that's probably the last thing I'm just going to be physically capable of doing. Gotcha. Um, I there's a couple of very late game bosses that I've the so I talked about this for ten seconds last time, but there's the Colosseum that you find at some point that has three challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was pretty easy, and the second one took a fair bit of hacking away, but I got there. And the third one, I think I've probably attempted more than a hundred times. Jesus, and I just I can't do it. I am not physically equipped i don't have the the just the baseline video game skills yeah. to handle it you need your big brother to come and do it for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i've done everything i've collected everything that i can in the game there's one uh charm that i can get upgraded by beating this one final boss that i also just can't make a dent in yeah um there's a couple of other little mini achievements i can do um so i just i want to try to take down the the true final boss and yeah. I'll try that a little bit, and honestly, it's probably going to also be too hard for me, and then I'll just uh, give up and play Zelda or something. Yeah. Do it. Um, just give up. Yeah. But still an awesome game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited for you to get back into it, because I want to live vicariously through someone experiencing it. But Let's see. Uh, I started playing a Mario game. I don't actually remember what it's called, but it's like... It's a the... Mario and Rabbits? <laughs> mario and rabbits you ever heard of the rabid rabbits what it's a ubisoft thing hang on i'm sure what? you've seen it so they have this like franchise called like rabbit hang on you i think it's rabid rabbits ubisoft rabbit rabbits rabbits okay um they look like this okay um and they had a game called mario oh not a game multiple games the mario and rabbits okay or it's just a crossover of the games like i don't know what the game is i think it's just chaos and like dumb humor uh 
Raving Rabbids is a multimedia franchise developed by Ubisoft. It was a spin-off game from the Rayman video game series, Rayman Raving Rabbids, and they just do stupid shit. But yeah, no, there's crossovers with Mario and that. Okay. So great. It was just I uh continue. Um No, I'm i I'm I'm just playing the uh I, I don't know what it is, but I think it's just the um newest of the side scroller two D platformers. What are still coming up with those? Yeah. Uh there's one with the switch. It's got the basically the same soundtrack as the original except kind of modernized, and so there's a little voice in the background that goes, ah. Uh, <laughs> occasionally on offbeats that's just horribly grating is it odyssey uh i think so okay yeah that's a side scroller yeah oh i thought it was 3d yeah yeah at least it's not so far i'm only three levels in are you is it super mario bros u deluxe it's not u deluxe okay i don't know <laughs> it's 2d side scroller um Anyway, uh, it's uh, super frustrating after Hollow Knight because Hollow Knight has incredibly precise controls, which is a deliberate choice by the developers to make it your fault if you die. Yeah. Like, you have absolute control up till the moment you get hit. So if you get hurt, that's you. Yeah. That's your fault, Um, which is partly very frustrating because it reveals my limitations as a video gamer, Mm -hmm. Um, but partly also really satisfying because I can do what i want to do and if i can conceive of a sequence of movements i can make it happen yeah. within the the parameters i'm given and like what a mario nerdy odyssey. way to say that yeah <laughs> with with this mario odyssey game i'm just like floating all over the place and i have no control over where i'm going and i just <laughs> i can't jump on the stupid little goombas <laughs> it's so hard it feels like i'm playing underwater <laughs> yeah um so not loving it so far, but we'll see if it gets any better. Um, probably I'll get bored in a couple of weeks and just play Zelda or finish Pokemon finally or mm. something. Um, but yeah, that's uh, mostly the extent of it. Um, we caved and bought the DVDs for Westworld now that it's off HBO Max. Mm. And we've got a couple more episodes into that. Tessa Thompson turned up, which is oh. cool. I did not realize she was in it. Me either. Uh, but yeah, she... Turned up in the last episode and was predictably pretty awesome. We're starting to get some answers to some questions and they're not going badly, which is a good sign because my big concern for this show all along, um, we're halfway through season one, basically, is it's doing a great job of setting up some really tantalizing mysteries. And 95% of the time, if show or movie does that, the payoff is not not as good as, as you'd like kind of Like Mr. Robot? Yeah, basically, yeah. where it's just awesome mysteries and you're just, what's going on? What could this possibly be? And then it just kind of does a thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm concerned that Westworld is going to end up being that. But what we've started to get with the information so far uh, seems to indicate some promising developments. Okay. Shall we say. Cool. So, yeah, going well. Nice. Nice. I'll talk more when we actually finish, but a yeah. little update there. Cool. Back on the, the train. Anything else? Yeah, no, that's all I got. All right. Uh, I've done a few things. Uh, so I finished Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, all right. Did I talk about that last time? A little bit? Uh, You talked about that you were playing it a little bit and it was less buggy. Yeah. Those didn't happen anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, so I finished it. And so talking about story now okay. that I've actually like played yeah. the game. All right. 
So this is made by the same people who made Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. Any other Witcher games. You remember what I thought about Witcher 3? You really, 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 really liked it. Really loved Witcher 3. This is made by the same people. Yeah? Uh, and it is clear when you actually start digging into the side quests. Okay. I think my main issue with Cyberpunk is that it takes a while for the world to fully open up and for all these side quests to really open up. But when they uh. like, when they start coming, they start coming. Like, there's a bunch of these stories. And what I really like about them, so Cyberpunk is set in 2077 based on a deviation in humanity back in, like, the late 1900s or something like that. Like, the mm. different deviation of technology. And so, uh, given that it's only... Like the, the kind of the premise is that it's very hyper technology and corporations are like way bigger and more powerful. Like mm-hmm. they're more obviously more powerful than they are now. Right now okay. like they are. I feel like in the game and in the real world, the corporations are just as powerful as each other. Mm-hmm. But right now we still like it's like you have the illusion of choice, like mm-hmm. that whole thing where yeah. every cereal is owned by Kellogg's Kellogg's mm-hmm. Post. Yeah. Um, Every cleaning thing is owned by whoever owns Ty. Uh, I think it's Procter Gamble. Yeah. Uh, so, like, that kind of thing. But, like, Procter Gamble has a giant, enormous tower, and you know that everything is owned by... Like, yeah, they, they've got a Blade Runner pyramid. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, it's, it's like, that. Um, and there are a lot of, like, technology things that are just kind of... That are futuristic. The Procter also, and Gamble obelisk. So, there's this... I, I think I described the, um, the brain dance... Last time, uh, did I describe that? T poses. No. <laughs> no. Okay. So a brain dance. So there's uh, everyone's got their computers installed in their head. Cybernetics. Okay. Um, and some people have like there's like a thing you can have installed that lets you record brain dances. And what that does is that records the synapses and also everything around you. And so you record that, and then if you play one, you get all of the experiences. Like, all the emotions and, like, the um, physiological changes that happen during that. I feel like that would get used for sex stuff, like, a All lot. the time. <laughs> that is that is one of the biggest things, is, like, so you go into, like, the, fir- the first time you're introduced to brain dancing, mm-hmm. there's rooms where people are masturbating with brain dances. Like, mm-hmm. that's, it, it's like, the, the thing. But, like, you use it more to, like, investigate. So, someone mm-hmm. went into the room of a place you're supposed to break into recording the brain dance and so you can go in there and kind of look around and get okay. the vibe and stuff it's kind of like filming so there's all these different technologies like brain dances uh which by the way i uh was high in playing it and had the like whoa stoner re- revelation that we are not too far off from having those because you mm-hmm. think about just reading brains yeah like that's reading where those synapses happen yeah. if we could record that and then inject it into our brains we could literally like i don't know that's i don't know we know 10% of what there is in the, how the brain works. Yeah, so. no, but I mean, we, and there are some limited experiments on, um, like you controlling rats by yeah. sending electrical signals to particular yep. points of the brain in particular so, sequence. Scary shit. Yeah. There's one. So what, what the, what the side quests do that I really enjoy is like it, the side quests are isolated narratives exploring aspects of the technology okay so the one with That's the cool. brain dance uh so like like it really lets you sink into the world because with, yeah. this, with this world they're really wanting to like 
expand into a multimedia franchise with it because mm-hmm. there's the anime that apparently is like very good by all uh by all okay. accounts all right uh more shows and stuff like that that they're doing with it so they're doing mm-hmm. a lot with it uh comics and everything sure so you are uh you're sent to help or kill a guy uh i can't remember what the setup was but you meet this guy who just recently got out of prison Mm -hmm. and he like killed a bunch of people was sent to prison and in prison found jesus okay uh he came out and he's like very like i like i'm a devout christian and i want to spread the word blah 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 Mm -hmm. and he met this person who is a uh, uh a brain dance producer Okay. Uh, so like there are brain dances that just are for entertainment purposes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And she's got this idea that she proposes to you and you can either like try to like convince him to not do it or like let him do it and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. you go about like a couple missions back to back. They don't have to be back to back, but like you finish one and then the next one opens, you can go do it. Right. Um, the thing that she wants him to do is to get crucified. Oh. And record the brain dance of him being crucified. Whoa. And you can do whatever you want. So it's a role playing. So you can say different things and try to convince people to do different things, whatever you like, but whatever you say to him won't change whether or not he does it, but it changes his demeanor of it by the end of it. Uh. And so I did everything I could to convince him not to do it. Mm-hmm. And so his demeanor by the end of it was very like remorseful. Like, I don't want to do this, but like, it's mm-hmm. what I meant to do. Like, I like very somber about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he asks me, would you be the one that nails in the hammers in the nails? And like, I stopped Oof. the game, Googled, can you stop him from doing it and found out you can't stop him from doing it. And oh, I'm like, Oh no. I mean, I could say no. Uh, mm-hmm. I talked to Andy, our friend Andy about it. And he said like, when he did that, he just walked away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I, I guess I just got to be there for him. I, I had to like sit for like five minutes after that scene because it is so slow like you have to like it prompts you to f- for for every single hammer like for every single like oh, s- uh, no. smack of the hammer and he's like screaming the whole time the music is just like just the perfect for like awful okay <laughs> all of the lighting is just red and so like, i i don't know what it's just the cinema Oof. cinemagraphic masterpiece of that Mm-hmm. was just like very upsetting mm-hmm. and powerful and i was like that was one of the best side quests that i have seen in a video game in a long time oh like there's a couple uh in maybe red dead that mm-hmm. are a little better but it was just jaw-dropping a lot of the other side quests are like almost as good but like mm-hmm. that one just like punched me in the gut you uh, might say it nailed it i hate you <laughs> um i'm gonna play the song for you when we drive home okay because i want you to hear that you're gonna forget but i'm gonna get home and be like oh i wanted to hear that i'm gonna try to remember i sometimes i remember sometimes you do it's like a 25 percent chance i remember okay but it, it was just it's it's so 
good. It's like the bugs make you forget how good of game writers these people are. Mm -hmm. Like you definitely need to, when it comes to like the combat and mechanics and like how you play, you need to commit because that first time I played it, like I didn't commit. I was like, Oh, these are all kind of cool. And like, I didn't commit to like a weapon basically. Right. And I kind of was weak halfway through the game. But like, if you commit to it, you're strong and like it, the combat's not that big of an issue. Mm -hmm. The story is good. The romance like, so there's romance options mm -hmm. based on if you are a male or female character. Mm -hmm. uh, most natural romance in a game ever. Okay. So, like, it's literally like you get rejected and, like, the other person's like, it's not the time. Like, that, like it's mm -hmm. like it takes, like, five full-on side missions for it to actually be a thing and it actually mm -hmm. feels real as opposed to, like, the Mass Effect where it's like you say a couple nice things and then you bang. Press X three times. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's nice. Uh, <laughs> like, every other game, it's just, like, romance. like, whatever. It's just, yeah. Eh, yeah, we bang. Yeah, you get the little sex scene. But, like, it's... At least, I, so I played a male character, and there's a character named Pan Am who's just, like, I like rejects you, like, three times. But it's mm -hmm. not like, hey, we should bang. And she's like, no. It's like, hey, like, you're really cool, and I like you. And she's like, I like you, too, but, like... It's just not the right time I just, right now. I, I can't get out of this T-pose, and it's going to be really <laughs> hard to take off my shirt this way. So just, like, keep it in your pants for now. Um, but it's, like, it's the, the... It's not just, like, it's a no. It's, like, there's these things I need to deal with before we can do this. And mm -hmm. so the side missions are, like, helping them deal with it. Like, it's mm -hmm. a very real, like well-written romance and also okay. like you text people in the game mm -hmm. and like the way you respond to the text can like get different responses back and forth uh and it literally sent me back to like early days with kaylin of just oh, wow. like the you send a text and you're like who that's kind of a spicy and then they reply back and there's a little smiley face at the end and you're like ah like <laughs> <laughs> like just i don't know it was just really well done and by yeah. people who actually like cared about giving you a good romance story nice so it's good um what else uh i watched top gun and top gun maverick oh nice yes back awesome to back um yeah, holy da, 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 shit that is a good movie maverick yeah top gun's a good movie top gun's solid it's a it's, it's a, a very solid it's, movie it's a real classic maverick is so good yeah like isn't it surprising it's how good it is so the way i described it to kaylin is I don't know if this is a good movie, but I know damn well that it is a fantastic sequel. Like, yeah. it just, it does so many things so perfectly well yep. for a sequel yep. that I don't know. I, I will never be able to strip away the Top Gun part of it and right. evaluate it as a movie on its own. But that's not what it is. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, the first, like, half of the movie is inverted Top Gun. Yeah. So you have the bar scene where someone makes a fool of themselves in front of a person. Yep. And then the next scene where they're like in work and the person they made a fool of and walks in as an important person. Yep. But like the first time it's uh, Charlie, right. this time it's like it, they've inverted it to be exactly. your main character. Um, it's like, it's like just the entire first half. I was like, given that I watched it the first day and the second day, right. I was like, this is, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, the this is something I've learned about uh, that I, I I am. It's interesting that I can apply it to the movie because I've learned about it with games. Mm -hmm. 
when the objective is simple, mm-hmm. you are much more likely to get a solid game or movie out of it. Yes. And with this, the objective is simple. And it's they just, set it out right at the beginning. Yeah, it's just we're doing this a Death mission, Star. This mission, these two things that are hard to do. We're doing a Death Star. Yeah. It's better than the Death Star Trench Run. <laughs> no, it's not. Nothing I think is. it is. Huh? You don't no, think it is? I don't think there's very many things in movie history that are better than Death Star Trench Run. I think this is. Okay. I. It may be that I have seen Star Wars so many times, so I didn't feel the tension. Yeah, no, it's... The it's Star like, Wars it's one like is the just... father, like knowing that Vader's the father, yeah. like that doesn't hit. It, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those things that's embedded in your cultural subconsciousness as... This is good, but you don't feel it unless you can go in with relatively fresh eyes, which um, the last time I watched New Hope, I tried to deliberately experience it with minimal Mm -hmm. uh, preconceptions, I guess. Um, And I don't think I breathed from the moment the X-Wings first launched. I may have to try that. Because that's one of those things that like, uh, it's a a pretty common answer too when with film buffs. Mm -hmm. What's something that if you could, you could experience it for the first time again. Mm -hmm. It's like, the original trilogy. Yeah. There's so much that's yeah. just like wild twists that yep. we grew up knowing. Yeah. It was the zeitgeist for us that Vader was Luke's dad. Yeah. Before we were born. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've i been having this debate. This is getting a little off topic. I don't care. We'll, but we'll get back to it because Maverick is awesome yeah. too. Um, But I, I've been having this internal debate with myself about how early I... Uh, give my kids the experience of certain things like star Wars mm-hmm. and Lord of the Rings and stuff, because um, I, they're super important cultural things that I have a lot of emotional attachment to that are also just, you know, great accessible storytelling for mm-hmm. kids that are a lot of fun, but also I, I kind of want them to experience it for the first time at an age that they can appreciate it. Yeah. But uh, I, I think don't want to deprive them different of answers for those. Yeah. I think with Lord of the Rings, it's better when done multiple times mm-hmm. because it's not a twist and turns kind of movie. Right. It's there's so much that like yeah. you got to you got to give it to them when they're eight so that you can get like the basic story. Yep. And so as they get older and watch it over and over and over again, they pick up more and more of it and mm-hmm. they, they get it more. And then by the time they're like their sixth watch through through, they've mm-hmm. read the books. And so they know even more. Right. I mean, knowing you by the time they get to their second watch through, they've read them. Uh, I'm going to do what my dad did and read them to my four-year-olds as bedtime stories. Uh, even better. And then I think with Star Wars, it's a later thing, but I don't think you can control it because the internet's a thing. Yeah. No, it's it's going to spoil yeah, it. The, yeah. Well, and then, I mean, come on. six All the six-year-olds on the planet are going to have seen it. Although, yeah. in fairness, there's going to be 50 Star Wars movies yeah. in 10 years when that's an yeah. actual issue that I have to confront. So, yeah. It'll be fine. You know, maybe they'll have converted all of them to brain dances by the time we have kids and we can just like stick our kid in a neurological VR to experience Star Wars from Vader's perspective. Man, kids are killing kids. Not going to have attention spans. (laughs) Uh, Back to Maverick. Maverick. This comes from Kalen, not Uh, from me, because I don't know how to measure this. Okay. Apparently the romance is way more natural than the first movie. Okay. Which I get. Yeah. And also I was like, I was kind of rooting for the, yeah, her walking into her house and just leaving the door open was such a fantastic, like, yeah, that was so good. Yeah. It's just like, I, 
I will say, though, the reason it's a 9 for me and not a 10. Wow. Okay. Is it is pretty predictable. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> like, it was Completely like... Completely predictable. He got I... kicked out of it, and I'm like... And they were like, they need to know that it can be done. I'm like, all right, time for you to just go and do it. Yeah. 30 minutes or three minutes later, goes and does it. Yeah. Uh, gets shot down. Saw that coming. Yep. Son comes back. Saw that coming. Yep. Also, I know, I know I'm late to Maverick. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's yeah. seen it already. And I'm just saying the same shit everyone else has said. Yeah. Spot on casting with Miles Teller. I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> honestly a little too spot on because there's no mother in him it's just his dad he's just a clone yeah <laughs> i think it's the mustache it that is does the mustache it. he just he pulls off that mustache yep also amazing because anytime i watch anytime there is a uh, a thing and a sequel mm-hmm. that i have not played before the sequel comes out mm-hmm. i will always play the first game and then watch all of the trailers for the uh, second thing okay. and so i did that with god of war because like yeah. i don't want to watch the trailers because it's going to spoil the thing for the first one right but i want to like experience that kind of like hype of it yeah right before that's cool. it. I like and it. so i did all the trailers for maverick fantastic misdirection on where the conflict is because mm-hmm. they make you think that uh uh not ghost what is maverick's uh talk to me goose goose good lord I've only seen each of them once. I haven't solidified everything. Uh, <laughs> like they make you think that make you think Goose's kid is fighting with Maverick because mm-hmm. just the way they cut certain shots and yeah. like they don't really like. There's a little tension there, here. There's and there. a lot of tension, but yeah. But it's... like where they show you in the movie is not what he's fighting. Right. Um. And also, had I not known that Val Kilmer didn't actually talk, mm-hmm. I would not have known. Yeah. Because you know that's AI, right? Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. We are 100% now at the place where they can just AI any actor. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. And completely convince anyone. Yeah. So I don't really like that part. It's unsettling. <laughs> it's unsettling. Um, I need to finish that short story I started a long time ago. What is it? Um, it's just, uh, so the story itself is a day in the life of a hollywood fixer guy but mm-hmm. it's in a near future where instead of actors actually acting in movies they just sell the rights to their likeness and mm. then um you have some ten dollar an hour union guys stand in and then you just cgi it all in yeah. in post eh. i i want matt maverick is the perfect sequel and i want everyone else to follow suit in that way mm-hmm. where you wait 50 years 40 40 years because it's 80s right yeah uh it's like 35 40 years wait 40 years and then do the sequel right blade runner 2049 blade runner 2049 and those are the only examples isn't halloween yeah the 2018 no, halloween i guess good? yeah i feel like there's other ones but those two yeah bad boys for life <laughs> <laughs> the highest but... grossing movie of 2020 <laughs> really because it came out in february oh man <laughs> um what else did i do so that was, that's really good yeah so it's a nine out of ten okay uh it is so close but it's just like it's the predictability of it that my dad emailed me after he watched it and said i loved it but it was super predictable yep. and listed like emailed the... you yeah God, your family is so funny <laughs> <laughs> um you know it is a 10 out of 10 <gasps> The Batman. And also Andor. 
Oh, you had me going there. <laughs> what a good show. Right? The Jail sequel like series right is some of my best tv my favorite tv it it tops daredevil yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god and like the honestly like it specifically with the jail scene with the old old guy i don't remember his name kino loy i didn't expect it to go the way it did Mm -hmm. i thought it was going to be more of that he fails at a critical point in on the floor and they all get punished but like oh the old old guy old guy yeah what'd you think uh kino loy's andy circus oh yeah yeah, yeah. which are are we gonna spoil andor here i think it's time to spoil andor okay we're gonna spoil andor um not enough of you have watched andor statistically um (laughs) So I'm going to need you to Given stop Given that what we you're know doing. 100% of people have not watched Andor, not enough of people have watched Andor. <laughs> <laughs> um, stop what you're doing right this very second and watch the entire 12 episodes. It is so good. I don't care if you have to stay up all night and you're exhausted for work in the morning. It does not matter. You will thank me. Yeah. Um. All right. Okay, Where do you even we've... start? <laughs> After right at the beginning where you texted me that you had chills five minutes in. <laughs> uh I don't actually remember the first That's true. three episodes very much because that was a long it's time been a ago. Long time ago. Uh I'm trying to remember what was in the so he was in the he's at home with his mom and the and the droid and does some stuff mm-hmm. and uh what's the point that gave me chills? Uh when he murders the security guards. Oh yeah. Cold open. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. God, I, there's there's so much to this show. Yeah, just introduce you right away that this, okay, this is a different universe. And like, so he, he's going through this CD underbelly and it, the C, you know, the CD underbelly and Obi-Wan just kind of felt like Star Wars with a dark filter on yeah. it. Um, the CD underbelly in this one felt like Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, which is exactly the right, because they, they this is the trouble that Star Wars has been having is they just keep doing the same stuff over and over again, yep. t- tapping the same beats and ca- the same sensibilities. And so for this show to immediately set out, we're doing something completely different just with the the way the world looks and the way the world feels and the way our characters act in the world, and the way the music sounds and the the things that the characters are looking for and do. It's just and then they pay that off by actually doing that through the show, mm-hmm. setting it aside. Okay, you you keep talking. I can talk about Andor for a long. Yeah, time. I don't even know where to where <laughs> to go with it. Ask me questions because that'll that'll get me onto a. Uh, on a rant. What do you think the story was? Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll talk about the story a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. Um, you remember what I said about uh, keeping things simple? Yeah. 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 Every so, I think what what made this so powerful is that. Like early Man in the High Castle, mm-hmm. every character. Actually, no. Okay, I'm gonna start right there because that's something that I was freaking out about by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely different thing. Every character feels so powerfully distinguishable. Yes. Every single character has. Like, you can. I. You give me any of like the like top ten main characters, and I can tell you exactly what their motivations are. Mm-hmm. Like what their like their kind of history and their vibe about the rest of the world is mm-hmm. like 
what their like what like what their ambitions are mm-hmm. and they're all distinct yeah and like how they interact with each other like just the i don't i'm so bad at names until i've watched the show or movie several times Mm -hmm. uh guy who just wants to be powerful and girl who actually wants to like take down rebels the two of them uh cyril karn yes and uh deidre miro yes i love the two of them oh my goodness such a good (laughs) so Whatever romance may, like, uncomfortable, like, dirty romance that's about to come from this, I am absolutely for it. Because it's it's so, it's such a weird power dynamic, and they do it on purpose. Oh, yeah. Like, he's, like, obsessed with her because, like, she's successfully doing what he wants. And he's kind of got some mommy issues going on He's got mommy issues. (laughs) Like... Because it's like she only she's really high up, which is mm-hmm. where he wants to go. Right. But she's high up because she's really good at what she's doing. Right. He wants to get up there, not because he cares about what he's doing, but because he just wants the power. And so he looks up to her as just a interesting. I, I read him as sort of true believer kind of guy. I think it's like blind believer. And like, I, I think he's kind of the uh, I think we're going to get from him the dog that catches the squirrel. Okay. I think his ambitions are to are to be at the top, mm-hmm. and he his true believer is really just someone who like adheres to the rules by mm-hmm. the book one hundred percent. And he got burned by the book, mm-hmm. but like I think he's like I, I think he's so indoctrinated by the empire that yeah. that's like the vibe he gets. But he really just wants to be at the top. Yeah. Like I, so I think like he's going to get to the top and like crumble again. Like I think we're gonna get like a dead cat bounce from him. Yeah, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he he gets to the top and he realizes there's nothing there. Yeah, and really starts questioning some life choices. There. Uh, he's gonna and... like feel happy for like an episode, kind of early on in season two, and mm-hmm. then just like it's not. I don't. He's not getting redeemed at all. That's not in his character. No. I think he's just going to like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. Cause literally all I get from him is just wanting to be in charge or like wanting. Oh, well now he's just wanting to clear his name. Right. Cause he's right. Um, he hates slackers. Like yep. that's like, I, I think it's a by the book thing. Like, I, yeah. and, but they're so, the two of them are so close, but different. Right. In like what their drives are. Yeah. I love every single scene that she's in. She's so, I look she forward. is captivating. I want, what is, is she in anything else? Uh, cause she does this li- face twitch. Yeah. <laughs> that is just like, <laughs> like he's like captivating. Like you said, like yeah. I just, it's, she pulls off regularly, like the last shot of house of the dragon mm-hmm. of just like the unhinged, like, I just pure menace. Yeah. Yeah. I, but also she's out there filing quarterly reports with the rest of them. <laughs> the banality of evil. Am I right? Yep. Um, uh, can I just, while we're talking yep. about villains a little bit, can I talk about Cyril, how much character development we get from his stupid little hype speech before they go drop down in the first couple of episodes to capture Andor? Yes. So like he, he recruits the team and he gets the, the, the big Scottish bloke. Yep. And they're going to go drop down there and Cyril gives just this stupid little speech and just the, the guys are like, oh, what do we do with this? And then the, <laughs> the Scottish guy actually goes in and hypes them up properly. Yep. Oh, there's so much about the characters in that. Yep. That is just, 
He's again, the corporate that doesn't know what the people that work on the floor are like. Exactly. And it, it's it's just it's a masterpiece of character building because like you were saying, these characters all feel extremely distinct, but they also feel extremely human in ways yeah. that we don't get to see on screen a lot. They have these sorts of quirks and flaws that aren't the normal ones. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not just a tryhard with mommy issues. He is sort of impotent in a way it, it, that's portrayed in a, a way that's. I think a lot more honest, relatable or yeah. Like we've all been there. We've all tried to give an inspiring speech and have it just completely (laughs) fall flat in front of our entire sixth grade soccer team. And then they laughed at us and we were, uh, (laughs) I didn't, I I, I kind of figured it was fake, but you were doing a really good job of (laughs) getting specific on it. Something, the thing with the real, we're going to talk about the villains a lot. Cause like, this is the best inside look of the empire yes. that we've ever gotten mm-hmm. and it makes so much sense like you don't yep. think about like that they that they have an intelligence yeah. side it makes sense yeah but we never see that side of the empire all we see of the empire is the st- we see the bottom and the top that's yep. it that's all you see in the empire in, yeah. in pretty much everything is you see the stormtroopers and then you see the emperor yeah you don't see the middle bureaucracy yeah. running things or like the senate actually like mid empire senate happening because yeah. yeah. in four it's like they've like we've permanently dissolved, dissolved the, senate. the senate and like seeing those things work and then mon mothma oh god mon mothma oh mon mothma oh man <laughs> which how cool is it that they decided to make a star wars show and the biggest returning character is mon mothma i didn't text this to you because I wanted to surprise you with having watched it. I did take a screenshot of the 10 out of 10, but I wanted to finish the mo- finish the show before I committed to the 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, maybe I did text it to you. Uh, the scene? The scene with uh, Mothma and... Uh, y- oh, boy. Tell? Tay? Tay. 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 I watched that scene three times. That... So, just the... The dancing around each other to find where the other one stands. Yep. I, there are very few scenes in all of show, like cinema and TV that stand up to that level of like, just meticulously finding Mm -hmm. information. And the only, the only place that I think of a, of a scene that, is better than that is probably Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy or the Night Manager mm-hmm. just because it comes from a guy who really knows how to do that. Yeah. I watched it 3 times in a row. Literally I rewound and watched <laughs> it again and again. Yep. And I picked up small nuances both times. Oh. I could probably go back and watch it more to find more nuances, yep. but I was like I need to watch this. I need to finish the episode. Yeah. The daughter Part of the whole thing that yeah. that's going to play out way more in season two. Yep. Like, I love that they humanize the Empire mm-hmm. and they show how bad the rebels are. Like, not, not bad, but like the, the sacrifices they have to make. Yeah. The scene that the Stellan L- Skarsgård makes. The Luthian speech. The Luthian speech. <laughs> I cried. Because, like, honestly, it was, I think I cried more because I pieced together that side of him Mm -hmm. moments before that speech happened. Yep. Like, because he was just like, you don't sacrifice anything. And I, like, 
my brain really quickly basically created that speech yep. just before it happened. Which is just exactly what they want to do with it. I love that. He's just like, it's like the, I make the, like, cause that's the, that's the speech you get from the villain in so many movies. Yeah. Or like, like, yeah. or like the, you get that from Frank Castle in Daredevil season yeah. two. I do what other people aren't willing to do. I am the, I am the hero. Yeah. But it's like, you're the villain and it's like the cost mm-hmm. that rebelling against the power has on like the the toll it takes on you is yeah. so immeasurable yeah that like in like the original trilogy is like where are the rebels we're doing the right thing yeah good and guys versus like, cool. bad guys blue lightsabers versus red yep and this is it just it muddies the water yep so eloquently yeah like these are the people who are committed to the right cause for the right reasons but they are willing to get their hands dirty yep and you are excited for them to get their hands dirty oh man i like I, it's so good. It's so good it breaks me. <laughs> yeah. You know something crazy? We've been raving about this for the last 10 minutes and we haven't mentioned the title character. I we're going we're getting there. <laughs> uh who else besides the title character? So uh, we talked we talked about Mothma. We haven't we didn't really talk about Luth, uh Luthen a lot. That speech, but I think that speech captures the the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. That encapsulates him pretty nicely. I I love the two face of him, like his, the yeah. his Senate face. Just and it's just he's uh, putting on his airs and he's practicing in front of the mirror. Yeah. Oh, classic. Like a little cliched, but oh, yep. beautiful. Um, who are we missing? Uh, uh Kino the, Loy. Kino uh, Loy, uh, Andy which Serkis's we only character. get him for three episodes, but, but like what an arc. Uh, and I'll, yeah, what I love about that whole sequel that mm-hmm. I don't, what do you call it? Like Andor's arc. We know the point B of Andor's story. Right. We know the point A from the beginning of the show. Right. So it's like it what the show does so well is what so many prequel shows do so or movies do so poorly. Right. What Han what Solo does so poorly. <laughs> Here's your blaster and your vest and your furry friend. <laughs> like you know point A and point B and it's yeah. just how you get there and usually it's so disappointing. Yeah, you just tell a basic by the numbers plot and fill in the the references as they yep. come. I I don't know. I cannot put my finger on how they do this so well and mm-hmm. like how it makes me guess how that like like I, I, I don't I don't know. It like mm-hmm. it, it's so natural how he goes from I don't give a shit about this rebellion to where he is. Yeah. And like that prison scene is like one of the big steps yep. forward. Um also, did you see the post-credit scene at the last episode? Yeah. Okay. I don't think I've ever said to a Star Wars thing, oh shit, Death Star. Like, I, like, cause <laughs> yeah. they, they, so many times do they be like, oh, like, we're building the Death Star. Ho, 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 we're gonna do it. We're the Empire. Like, they yep. do it in the prequels. They do it. Like, yeah. that's the whole point of Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. But, like, again, it's showing the insides of the Empire. Mm hmm. The scale of the Empire is has never been clearer. Like, they do a right. good job in Rogue One, which I think I'm. F- I'm I'm waiting till the end of Andor to watch Rogue One again. Okay. We talked about that. Like yeah. I, I'm going to go into it with fresh eyes. Yeah, I'm going to do it with Andor. Yeah. Um, I don't remember her name. Uh, the two girls of the rebellion. Um, that are together. I think they're married. I can't remember. Uh, uh oh yeah. Um, the sister of Mon or the cousin of Mon Mothma. Right. And her uh, partner. 
whatever is what the other girl the partner of the cousin of my mama the death uh star destroyer going over Mm -hmm. terrifying yeah just such a powerful shot yeah um that the zoom out of that post credit scene from the part that they were building in prison Mm -hmm. showed just showed how like how much there is going into the death star yeah the fact that like i we don't know what the other floors were doing mm-hmm. and so it could be conceivably they're all doing different parts but it's not that one prison facility that is it's pumping a out ton of prison facilities a ton of floors a ton of rooms like yep. a bunch of things all pumping out tiny little pieces of this enormous thing yep and also just the pure poetry of the fact that andor was compelled to build the thing that will end his life yep that yep yeah. And also it plays the pivotal part in getting the plans to destroy it. Yeah. Yep. Okay, who else is there? Uh okay, so what's her name? Uh Val is the cousin. Okay. And I don't remember her partner's name. There's not a whole lot to talk about with them. I mean, the yeah. definitely the like you get so much more about her, like the mm-hmm. uh I love <laughs> the way Fada ducks. Yeah. Uh God, what was it i remember it so well it's when they're talking and her partner says i don't know go like uh, pretend to be a runaway uh rich girl who's hiding from her family mm-hmm. and it's like that's a low blow like just a just there's no more about it yeah. they move on yeah. but just in that back and forth you learn so much about that one character mm-hmm. like it's every line yeah Every line in this show just gives so much. And it's such a dense show. Yeah. With just, I mean, and then they eventually explain it clearer, but like right. they set it up yeah. early. They tell and you like, oh, okay, so she's a rich girl running away from her family. What rich family? And then like the next episode you like, mm-hmm. it's, they just, it's, they show you the puzzle pieces yeah. so early yep. and then later put them together. That's an espionage show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> all right andor okay andor i want all of espionage with this actor diego luna diego luna i want remember his name remember his, remember <laughs> his name every other character is not one dimensional because mm-hmm. they're very deep right but they all have one like thing right that they're doing this is their role this is who they are and they he's the only one with just like uncertainty i don't i don't know how to describe this like he's resisting his own destiny i think that's what it is is everyone else is like following the path very clearly like they're on their their path is written and they're like yep they're doing it yep and just like him resisting what he believes mm-hmm. is like so powerful it's the yeah. what's the line that happens towards the end of it where it's like he like he'll do the right thing as soon as he like someone says something like it says it's what his mom says about him before she dies mm-hmm. and she tells it to his friend who tells it to him and she's like he's like you know what the right thing is and you'll do it when your time comes or something like that something to that effect yeah where it's just like like that's the moment that it, you can see it in his he's also a fantastic actor oh just yeah all of the, every single person in this show is a fantastic actor yeah there is not a single phoned in yeah. performance in this show perfect like, 
we talk about this a lot that a performance is an intersection between an actor and a script yeah and both of them are completely spot on in this and it lends itself to uniquely incredible characters yeah i i think it it's easy to it's easy to write a shitty script for an actor that's precast Mm -hmm. and it's easy not easy but like it's easier to find an actor that fits the role really well of something that's been written. Right. I would not say easy. I honestly, they're both hard. Like if Uh, it was easy, anyone could do it, but like they're both hard in their own right, but like they're easier to do writing a phenomenal script for an actor that's already there Mm -hmm. and having them create this performance Mm -hmm. is so, has got to be so hard to do. Yeah. Unless it's not, for whoever wrote who is the writer of this show um what, so, what do we know about the people who are behind this show so, so we know they don't care about star wars we do yeah so <laughs> tony gilroy is the showrunner um he was credited as either a writer or an editor on rogue one um but is also the guy who came in and directed and reshot the entire third act basically um, from the ground up so a lot of the shots, shots that we, we saw missed, in the trailer yeah. that were not in there that was because the original ending apparently didn't play very well and so they brought him in to clean it up which nailed it apparently he is fully responsible for the born series oh yeah that's right and also great wall well i don't say fully responsible it's he's credited on that i don't know what he's credited for on that mm, yeah might be one of the, just the people they paid a bunch of money to produce hey we've got this idea where what about matt damon on the great wall uh would you like <laughs> well, to also that's I, I i do want to say this this is something that i've i learned uh when you have a movie like the great wall and matt damon attached to it it's that the studio signed him on for x number of movies mm-hmm. and need to get it done and mm-hmm. they have this movie that they just need to throw somebody at and so like Hey, this will Matt the Damon Chinese does market. the Great Wall so that he can also do Born Ultimatum, like mm-hmm. the movies he cares about. Right. So, like, I hate when people like give good actors shit for being in bad movies, but it's like, yeah, Tom Hanks has done a lot of bad movies. Yeah, he's also done Sleepless in Seattle, and I hear I hear Soli is really good. Soli's solid, but have you seen it? Yeah, uh, Forrest Gump is Forrest awesome. Gump, uh, yeah. uh, Castaway. Um, Tony Gilroy did the screenplay of uh, the Born Identity. Okay, which is the first one. Yep, and a solid movie. Yeah, really solid movie. Um, what were, oh, uh, yeah. So Tony Gilroy uh, saved Rogue One from itself. Yep. Um, was uh, brought on. Um, Kathleen Kennedy had said, "Hey, maybe there's something here we can do this show." And they got together with Tony, and he's like, "Yeah, all right." Um, and the interesting, I, I know I talked about this a little bit when I was actively watching Andor, but the interesting thing about Tony Gilroy is he's not a Star Wars fan. Yep. And he kind of takes pride in that, in the sense that he's not setting out to make a Star Wars show. He's just, he's setting out to make a show. Yeah. He's given some preconditions about the the nature of the universe he's in and some of the, you know, the uniforms people should wear and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically he's telling a much more elemental story than yeah. a star wars story you know obi-wan is fan service fan service fan service lightsabers yeah it's you, you kind of you know how it's gonna go this one it, it, it's a 
elemental study in the nature of revolution mm-hmm. just as a sociopolitical concept it's something you could you know change a couple of character faces and um change the setting and suddenly you've got robert's rebellion game of thrones yeah something like that it, it's it's that elemental or that modern apart. day against an oppressive government yeah yeah no <laughs> there absolutely. are so many united states themes in this show yeah. of like like yeah. you know like the like uh government and uh, and other things there there are definitely some themes within the show that i'm like he's saying something about yeah i think he is british too so he's uh got that across the pond snark to yeah. him yeah so he um he had brought on a lot of the directors and writers for individual episodes um and many of them were star wars fans and he told them to kind of drop their preconceived reverence that they had for star wars as a property mm-hmm. said I did not bring you on because you're a Star Wars fan. I did not bring you on because of your encyclopedic knowledge of Wookiee mating habits. <laughs> <laughs> to pull something out of a hat there. Uh, I brought you on because you are a talented filmmaker, which you have demonstrated in this way, this way, this mm-hmm. way. Or you are a talented gaffer. In this is <laughs> just to pick a roll out of a hat there. Uh, do that. Mm. And the show will take care of itself. And that is exactly what this stupid property and what the Marvel universe and what the inevitable Harry Potter reboots need is they need quality filmmaking first. Everything else will follow. Yep. I want a good movie textured. That's not true. Uh, Batman is a good Batman movie. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it, I, it's hard. Yeah. I want people who can make good things yeah well, and not studio interference yeah again it this was probably a little easier to do because it is such an elemental story mm-hmm. you can write it as a non-star wars story or without explicit star wars isms you can make in mind. any movie an elemental story those uh, are the best the things. batman it's a pretty elemental story i feel like you could break it down into some pretty small elements yeah but they're gonna be a lot more specific than this is the nature of revolution it's going to be this is the nature of a man who is vengeance who is the knight who <laughs> punches bad guys into a pulp but is also a billionaire it's the nature of legacy i sort of but that's that's just one of many crisscrossing because yeah. really it's it's a story um not the movie we're talking about but i love the batman so i'm gonna yeah. get distracted and talk about it a little bit um I mean, really, it's the story of a vigilante becoming a superhero, mm. but that is always going to be more specific yeah. than um, Andor, which, and again, this is the thing about the Star Wars universe is deep down, it's supposed to be just sort of a lot of base mythology kind of stuff, just the very simple hero's journey type of stories, um, the kind of things where you can get some very universal human themes and then, you know, you throw some fun sci-fi fantasy mm-hmm. stuff on top of it and you get interesting lore. But it, that's always been the attraction is the stories are very elemental just yeah. by by the way the universe is constructed. I'll accept it. Yes. Two points for Matt. The music. The music. Um, I felt it was unfair. So every intro... Mm-hmm. Was it's the same song, right? But done differently, yep. Based on something within the movie, 
or within the episode. Mm-hmm. The last episode, because of the um, funerary mm-hmm. band, it was a little out of tune and rough and something like and stuff like that. Right. And Kaylin walked by during that part. Oh, and she was like, "What was that?" And I'm like, "And that's not what it normally sounds like. I don't know why it's like that, but we'll find out. We'll find out." And this week on she Andor. refuses to watch the show. I am literally about to make a deal with her that like I'll go dancing with her or something if she watches this show. Or, like, I'll watch, like, a rom-com with her. Why? Like, she just doesn't, like, care about Star Wars. And, like, I, despite me... You don't have to. And her brother, like, saying it's it's a good show, like, with Star Wars. It's just, she's, like, she's uh, Chinese finger-trapping mm. with it. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I gotta... Cut it. Cut the Gordian knot. Gotta take a different, uh, take a different route with it, but I'll get it Force. eventually. Force. Just like tie her down and yeah, no, handcuff her in her sleep (laughs) and then sit her on the couch, tie her to the couch, duct tape her to the couch, toothpick her eyelids open. I just gotta because it's not a show that you have to get into. Like it's it's strong at the beginning. Yeah, I think I just gotta like ask her just watch the first episode. Yep, put your phone away. Don't uh, minimize distractions. Is she is that is that a problem for her? Like getting distracted? Really? Okay. No, but she's very much. if she goes into it not wanting to watch it, she's mm. going to be not receptive to it. Okay. And so that's the that's the hard part. Okay. Fair. She's also really good at multitasking. Even if she, even if she is on her phone, she'll catch things. Yeah. So. It, I mean, even the best multitasker, it's going to dilute the experience. Yeah. And especially with something like that where it is so immersive. Yep. You that's, know Loy? Huh? You know Loy? Did we actually talk about him? He can't swim. He can't Poor swim. Boy. Yeah. That's sad. Uh, which, um, I guess we talked about it for like 10 seconds and then yeah. got distracted doing something else. But uh, we talked to, when we did our, uh, rings of power versus house of the dragon comparison, we talked briefly about the hype is balls factor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things like, Oh, the volcano's blowing up or the dragons are dragoning or whatever happened yep. in that show. Um, <laughs> nothing in my entire lifetime has gotten me as hyped as closing an episode with, no more than 12. Yeah, that was amazing. I, I jumped up and screamed <laughs> incoherently for about 10 seconds. I was just like, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. That is what I did in my living room at 730 on a Wednesday morning because I would get up early to watch this show <laughs> so the glare wouldn't be on my TV. <laughs> I do love that he is now two characters in Star Wars. Yep. One of them is much better than the other. Snoke is a great Snoke character. Snoke <laughs> is just like the best villain. Uh, also, I do love when you get such an A-list actor like that mm-hmm. for three episodes of a show. Yeah. He turned up and I was like, huh? Yeah. What? He's in this? And then he's just not. Yeah. And it's just like, that's amazing. Like, it's, you know that he is passionate about the script and just wanted to be part of it. Yeah. And that's, that's it's just like, I'll take three episodes. Yeah. And again, you know, the, the, the casting was not in the sense of, oh, we want a famous actor. We want to get this person. For this yeah. It's like, we, need we the want right person. the person to play this role. Yep. Okay. Andy Circus had the best audition. We know him from XYZ. Okay. He's our guy. Yep. Which also great to see him out of the mocap suit and still kill. Him. Yeah. He's a, which someone pointed this out. This is not an original point from me. He is an incredibly emotive actor, which makes a lot of sense because he spent the last 20 years learning how to communicate emotion 
after his face has been <laughs> processed through a computer filter. That is a thing. So his face is extremely well controlled. Yep. And that plays. That plays. You know what else I've been up to and forgot to talk about? Smug Imperial boys drinking the coffee. Okay, I had to get that point in. Go ahead. Uh, glass onion. Oh, yeah, yeah. What'd you think? It was really good. Honestly, I feel like... I'll talk about it in a second. I want, let's finish up Andor. Okay, okay. I mean, the thing is, I don't have... It's not that that's all I have for Andor. Mm-hmm. It's that uh, we're at an hour and 15 minutes so far on this episode, mm-hmm. and I don't want to torture people longer. I, people just need to watch the show. I could continue talking about Andor for the rest of my natural yeah. lifespan and would have more to say, I yep. think. Um, and there's a whole other season coming. I know. It's not for like another year and a half, probably. But that's fine. But Cause, take their time. Yep. Do it right. Please, you're going to have to do some weird things structurally with the way it's set up for next season. But I have utter faith in the the creative team. Uh, I did just want to say this is this is a show uh, that has 12 has 24 episodes total over two seasons to get from a very specific point A to a very specific point B and tell a coherent arc and fill in all these gaps in very interesting ways. And it takes the time to give you an entire episode where people do nothing but argue over breakfast. Yeah. And it is compelling television. Yep. Just different people arguing over different breakfasts. <laughs> and then a TIE fighter flies overhead in one of them and it's the most exciting thing that happens. <laughs> and it's incredibly thrilling. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so glass onion. Glass onion. Um, honestly, I'll. I think I may like this one better than Knives Out. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. That I like it, or that like is it? Yeah, that you like it better than Knives Out. I think to me, this one is a lot more setup and payoffy. Okay. There's a lot more setups mm-hmm. to things that you need to like. It's also like, I, I mean, I need to rewatch Knives Out with like the mentality of like every single thing that Ryan Johns, like there mm-hmm. is not a single line or shot or thing that happens that is not exactly constructed. There is no yes. filler whatsoever. Yeah. Literally. Hey, uh, your shoes untied. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a weird thing to say. That's going to come back. <laughs> yep. The uh, like, oh man, I don't know. It was, it was just so much fun. Yeah. I don't really know what else to say about it. Yeah, well, let me um let me give go back and give my take, okay. which might be partly giving it again and then you can riff off that mm-hmm. a little bit cuz I liked it significantly less than Knives Out. Okay. Um I did like it. Uh I think the two movies are probably roughly comparable in terms of objective quality. Friendly reminder, art is objective. Um <laughs> uh but i think that the sensibilities of the two are quite different um i think knives out is a relatively warm-hearted movie there's a lot of scathing satire and Mm -hmm. nasty unpleasant people um but anna de armas's character is uh, a really good empathetic Mm -hmm. point for you to go in and um the 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 things that happen at the end where she wins the game by not playing the game by being a good nurse yeah. you know those those kinds of details um it's sort of it it comes around and it comes out of this darkness with a sort of optimism mm-hmm. um whereas glass onion i feel is again it's scathing satire and stuff but it's much more mean spirited where the ending is not hey i won i'm the good guy 
look at my fancy mug, you goofballs. Um, <laughs> uh, it's okay. I'm going to burn this down. I'm just, we're going to tear this down. It, it's destructive, I guess. And that's very cathartic in some sense, because mm-hmm. we're definitely rooting for these characters yeah. and against the other characters, but it is a lot more mean spirited. I think that's fair. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, I think the reason that impacts me less mm-hmm. is because the it's mean spirited against people that I hate. Yeah. Like the That's, Joe Rogan, yep. the Elon Musk, like <laughs> people that I would genuinely love to be removed from this face, the face of this planet. Mm-hmm. It's mean spirited against them. Yeah. Um, and I understand that that would be very enjoyable for you. Yeah. That's all I, I, I honestly, I don't know. Like I, it's, Great performances all around. Yeah. Um, major shout out to Janelle Monet. She's played the uh, Andy. the sister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No. All of them were fantastic. Like no, uh, they, they all great roles. Uh. Also nailed it. Uh. With my theory at the very beginning, given uh, spoiler for Glass Onion. Let's spoil Glass Onion a little bit. Uh. Classic Dave Five Minutes Batista. <laughs> <laughs> Lasted a little longer than that. Oh, but the, the point stands. Yeah. Valid. That was great. Uh, yep. He was also good. Uh, He's always good. Kate Upton. Fantastic. It's not who that is. Uh, Kate. Hudson. Hudson. Jesus. Kate Upton is a model or something. Yep. Uh, Kate Hudson. Perfect person to play that role. Yeah. Uh, perfect role to come back to. Yep. Um, uh, also, just I love Daniel Craig in this role, and it's mm-hmm. he's so much more LeBlanc-y in this one. Yeah, I just love the like, it's so stupid. Yeah, just like it's so stupid. It's brilliant. It's like, no, oh, it's just, just stupid. stupid. <laughs> just dumb. Uh God, I love it. I yeah. I love him so much. I yep. want so many more of these movies just so I can see LeBlanc. Netflix has the rights to two more. So Good. we will see at least two more unless the next one just massively tanks somehow, yep. which seems pretty unlikely considering this was, uh, I think, one of their most watched movies of the year, despite coming out yep. right at the very end of the year. I will say there is one thing that is that it's filler. It's freaking Dave. What's his name? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Stoner dude. Yeah. Yeah. Which the joke is that that's the same actor that was one of the policemen in Knives Out. Oh, really? Which you, I didn't catch. I, I, also I was didn't. like, hey, he looks familiar. I, I don't recognize that. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it, he liked that actor. Nice. <laughs> wanted to cast him again. So apparently this is a thing in this universe now. Good. Just everyone is Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, who else is in it? There's so many other people in it. Um, uh, not Jamie Lee Curtis. She's in the first one. Who played Catherine Hahn? Catherine Hahn. What else is she in? A bunch of stuff. She, I definitely, she was definitely familiar. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think what you would definitely know her from. Um, I mean, yeah, she's just she's in a lot of stuff. Uh, the only thing that's coming to mind is she was the voice o- actor for Doc Ock in uh, Into the Spider. Oh yeah, I did recognize the voice. Yeah, yeah. No, but she's she's been in a lot of stuff. If you go through her IMDb, there'll probably be like 15 things you've seen her in. Gotcha. Yeah. No, she's great. Uh, I'm blinking on his name, the scientist guy. Keep wanting to say Lakeith Stanfield, but that's the 
I straight up thought one. it was um, Michael B. Jordan at the beginning of the, <laughs> at the at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Just like I think he's got like a similar forehead and he had a beard on. So uh-huh. like on it was wearing, uh, a beard. So yep. like I don't know. It was just like for a little bit I was like that's is that Michael B. Jordan and then it wasn't like a couple good looks, but mm-hmm. uh, no, nah, he was great. Oh, have you heard the theory that uh, Dave is the one that comes up with the good ideas? Because it's just like no, he's like that makes sense. He's just like yeah, he just keeps Dave around and the stoner and like the 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 ideas that work like the blank equals whatever it was like mm-hmm. baby equal or whatever like, baby equals NFT. Yeah, totally a stoner idea. Yeah, <laughs> and so like it's just a theory that like the only ones that work are all Dave's <laughs> Dave's facts. I like it. I like it. Which I think. He hasn't said anything because it's still early in the movie, but like I feel like Ryan Johnson would come out and be like, "Yep, that's it," because that's the point. It's like, I because it, it's mm-hmm. Elon Musk. That's right. Totally what Edward Norton's. Also, Edward Norton, what a performance! What a good actor. Yeah. Uh, when he's not Hulk. Um. Also, it was, it was a good performance in that movie. It was just a bad movie. Yeah, he's he's fine in Hulk. Yeah. Um, is that Elon Musk is not that brilliant? He's just surrounded by brilliant people. Yeah. You just you. It, I mean. Everyone has ideas all yep. the time on the planet. And if you accidentally yourself into a couple of good ones and you have the right combination of s- smart people around you yep. and uh, access to resources, you're going to accidentally look really smart. And that's kind of the point with all the characters. They're all successful, but most of them, it's just they're a know, dumb person. The yep. scientist, notwithstanding Jessica yeah. Henwick, notwithstanding, because... Oh, poor long-suffering Jessica Henwick. Yeah. But. Anyway, that's that's also a thing I watched. Yep. It's been a while. Very good. Yep. Random Yo-Yo Ma can, uh, cameo. Wait, really? He's the guy that started explaining a fugue to the, uh, Kate Hudson when they were opening the puzzle boxes. Oh, my God. I knew it was a cameo, <laughs> but I didn't know who. Because you can always tell, even if you don't yeah. know who the person is, you can always tell it's a cameo because just, I don't, it's. The way it's like framed every time it's a cameo, yeah, it just kind of so leans awkward. in, and yeah. it's like in a sitcom they'd pause for applause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I leaned over to Hannah in the theater and was like, "I think that's Yo Yo Ma." Hmm. Just I, I didn't know it was him, but it was a older musician yep. type that I, I don't know what he looks like. So yeah, that was fun, and then just all kinds of little random cameos, uh, like the when he's playing Among Us. There's a whole bunch of famous people. Oh, in the really? Zoom. Yeah, oh, Natasha Leone and um. Oh wait, no, I, yeah, I didn't recognize pretty much any of them. Yeah, they, I mean, they were all famous people. Yeah. Maybe I, I don't know. Which maybe I did recognize Natasha Leone because he's uh he's got this new TV series coming out on Peacock, uh, Poker Face. Okay. Um, where Natasha Leone plays a woman who knows when people are lying and shenanigans hmm. ensue. Hmm. Looks pretty good. Not getting peacock for it, but yeah. pretty good. That's all I got. Okay. Shall we? We shall. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh you can find us on Facebook, Twitter at just us losers pod, Instagram, same at just us losers pod. Uh not that we actually do anything on any of those. We do have a TikTok at just us losers pod where Preston has finally remembered his uh the you know, his his job. And <laughs> so he's uploaded some TikToks and boy isn't that good for us. Because now we're TikTok famous and just rolling in the dough. Yep, so that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, at Just Us Losers Pod. Uh, we have a Gmail, justusloserspod at gmail.com, where uh, no bionicle jokes this week. I just, I want to I want to hear how your uh, 12-hour and or binge was for you. Just 
stream of consciousness meter experience doing that because I want to relive that show. I, I just want to constantly be reliving that show. <laughs> uh, I just I, I, I want to have that on a perpetual brain dance, bringing that back. Yeah, uh, look forward to next week when I don't know. There'll probably be some more trailers out for something. Usually are. Uh, we'll talk about it. It'll be a good time. So that's the thing. Is that everything? That's it. You know what I haven't said past several weeks? We're on Spotify, iTunes, Our Heart Radio, Podbean, and other podcast oh, yeah. places. So that You're terrible at your job. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.